Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week on the show, our first new release of the year, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, the movie one letterboxed reviewer called Ants in STEM. <laughs> it, but it seems oh. the title heroes took a back seat to their parents and a villain in the latest in the MCU. But is that a bad thing? Plus, we get ready for the Oscars. Really encourage everyone to go out and watch Ted Lasso before the new season three drops, just in time for my birthday, FYI. You're welcome for that plug there. Apple Plus will be waiting for some commiserate. <laughs> that's uh, exactly like, right. You uh, can find uh, us. Anyway, that's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us online, sequels.com. Find all our social links there. And as always, enjoy the show. Oh my god guys i want to i want to say before i, I know we're we're gonna we we do this thing you know we chit chat but today <laughs> that we're talking about uh of the first uh of uh, official like new release movie of the year oh, yeah sure. it was cool yeah like yeah. every yeah. every single movie that we've done for this season has been an older movie which mm-hmm. is you know new for what we've done for the last few years we usually open up with some new hotness so uh mm-hmm. it's nice old and busted to, New hotness. Yep. <laughs> Old and busted. That's where we're you can, going. You can go listen to our reviews later, but I just want yeah. to say that. I tease that because that's exciting. Yeah, it is. I didn't even realize that. Who to thunk? Yeah. It is. This is Not this me. is my first 2023 movie. So I, I'm, uh, uh, In the theaters? It, yeah, it, at all. You know, oh, I haven't okay. even watched anything yeah. streaming uh, yeah. this year. I usually try to give myself a little bit of time in January, but I let it slip into February. So I'll get caught up understandable understandable i think that's fine uh it's kind of a catch-up period anyway for me i think uh, um catching up on you know the handful of movies that i didn't get to get in before the end of last year stuff nominated and things like that yeah nominated things that are just now coming out exactly it's that time of I year ju- there and uh have you guys been watching anything before we get to our movie of the day have you guys been watching anything sure. else of, of note you know i have actually but, uh, like Are you I catching said, up on your Oscars? Because we're going to yeah. have an Oscars show coming up soon that uh, we're going to be talking about as well. Like I said earlier, I've been catching up on stuff I didn't get in. Um, I, I watched Fire of Love, um, which is a documentary oh. available on Hulu mm-hmm. and Disney+. Plus. That is about two volcanologists who uh, were like in love with volcanoes and in love with each other. Oh, and I thought they were in love with Star Trek. Okay. No, not volcanologists, volcanologists. Right, okay. Not that. Um, but it, it, it's good. It's, it's nominated for Best Documentary this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. They, their love of volcanoes is kind of crazy. I was like, I don't know, y'all seem kind of nuts, but that makes you perfect for each other. Um, and they learned, they discovered a lot about volcanoes with their work. So it was pretty cool. Yep. And then I also watched... Um, not and I don't think it's an Oscar nominated movie, but uh, Infinity Pool. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah! I heard about this. Brandon Cronenberg. I know vague movie. vague things of this. Yeah. Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth. Um, 
pretty effed it's up. messed up pretty yeah. pretty effed up yeah i would say yeah. um three stars <laughs> okay yeah I, I, I liked the premise more than the execution mm. but it was still good mm. good gross effort. though very gross i did watch tar um oh interesting good stuff uh kate blanchett is wonderful uh, mm-hmm. Great performance, right? That's what everyone like, says. Delivers, delivers a fantastic performance. Uh, the movie didn't really, lo- I didn't love the movie as a whole. Mm. Um, it was very long and it was about, I mean, listen, classical music culture, not my thing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I can understand the story and the connection that it has with like other things. But like for that as a whole to drive a movie for three and a half hours that's based on one person's performance, it's a tough watch. It took me four days. So, <laughs> so I, uh, uh, I appreciate the performance that she gave because it truly is great, but the whole thing just, I, I wouldn't do it again. I, um, from the outside looking in, I don't think you guys saw this movie, so you can tell me if you did from the outside looking in, it kind of looked like, um, for lack of a better word, this year's, uh, pig. I don't know if you guys ever saw Pig with Nicolas Cage. Did not ever see Pig, no. But it was one of those movies that's like, this is an incredible performance movie, but like otherwise, I don't really understand what's going on. Like, nah. the chain of events, it's like, this is kind of an odd story, but yeah. I can't I can't look away from Nicolas Cage. Yeah. That's usually the case. It's hard to well, look away. I have not been watching any Oscar-nominated films. I have been rewatching Ted Lasso, and that is about it. That That's should be enough. an Oscar-winning film. I yeah. tell you what, I I'm really glad I rewatched it because I'd kind of forgotten some of the last beats of season two. Mm-hmm. Going into season three, I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that this and this and this happened." Yeah. Season three is very close. Mm-hmm. March fifteenth. Happy yeah. birthday, to me! Hey, was that is that the actual day? I think so. March fifteenth is what they uh, what they teased the other day. So nice. By the time this, by the time you're nice. listening, some people might be listening to this. It's already out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Even if it's not, go watch the first two seasons of Dead Lasso in prep for season three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or well, just go I, rewatch all three. Yeah. However many seasons there are in the future when you're listening. Said Hopefully this one's going to be the last 15. one. Better not be. I'm going to hit him. Come for him. What they said. Better not be Apple TV. Hey, did you guys, uh, Josh, did you see that? Uh, te- did you guys see that? Um, well, Garrett, you wouldn't have seen it. Did you see that? Um, there's a TikTok about Ted Lasso in season three, and it's a clip from season one where so over top of Ted, they have put Ted Lasso fans, and then it's him. Yeah. He opens the door and he looks and he he stands there for an obnoxiously long amount of time. And Rebecca comes out and it says season three. And she goes, That was a really long time to wait to hope for a really long time to wait, Ted. And he goes, well, I appreciate you didn't you didn't hurry. You know, and it's like it's just like yeah, that's yeah. that's Ted Lasso. It's been a year like and like it. eight months. Too long, too long for you know Mindy Kaling and B J Novak. They really hit the nail on the head. Uh, it was comedy, but it was true comedy when they were like, "You actors today, we had to do twenty four episodes <laughs> to you know uh, uh, you know uh, a whole year and a half we'd work on shows and we get like six weeks off in the summer." You people with your 13 episode runs, your 10 episode <laughs> miniseries, you people disgust us. You know, that was, it was, it was pretty funny. Not mm. wrong. Not wrong. No. no. Okay. Well, shall we get into the, the meat and potatoes of today? Oh, we might as well. You want to, you want to do it? Um, today on the show, we're getting back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's been a minute. 
since we've jumped in. Uh, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. And then yep. Thor, Love and Thunder before that. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. It's been a minute since we've got to do Marvel, but they're back this time with the start of phase five. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We go back to uh, catch up with Scott Lang, see what he's up to, and we introduce the new big bad of the MCU. Uh, well, we introduced them to movie fans anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Kang the Conqueror. Uh, super fans will recognize him from Loki season one. Oh, that's true. That's true. But if you don't and... watch those shows, he this is the first time you've seen him, and that's pretty cool too. Uh, yeah, so anyway, and, yeah, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, back in the MCU... Anybody who wants to go first? Well, level of spoilers. Let's talk about oh, level sure. of spoilers. Sure. Um, rampant. No, <laughs> let's not go rampant. <laughs> you know, let's like. Well, pref- preface let's any keep spoilers. It, let's keep it chill. Yeah. No, no, no post credit reveals. No, nothing. Oh, like okay, that. okay, okay. We'll be careful. Okay. If okay. you insist. Uh, you know, which would <clears> be nice. Well, to highly Highly suggest that if you have not seen the movie, watch mm-hmm. it first mm-hmm. and then go because we'll probably talk about some stuff you may or may not want to hear unless you've seen the movie. Yes, just so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a fair spare. That's the fairest warning you're going to get. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll do our best from here on out. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, why don't you start, Garrett? You know, I had low expectation, boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that I did do in preparation for Ant-Man 3 was I watched Ant-Man 1 and 2. I didn't watch anything in between. I went in with nothing else other than I am going to watch the Ant-Man movies. Because if you try to watch everything, it weaves in while, and you can watch all of it at one point. It's the only other one that. that'd be even be worth watching, I think, would be Endgame. But yeah. and that's, that's, not, that's not that necessary, I don't think. But it was fun to go back and watch those movies because each, t- you know, I remember when the first Ant-Man came out, I had very low expectations and it exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ant-Man 2, I had middling expectations and it met my expectations. Mm-hmm. And this one, based on, you know, pre-reviews and everything that I had seen. And, you know, we talked to, in our Discord channel a little bit about uh, what their expectations were. And most people were not excited about it. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where I was at. Leaving the theater, I felt like I it exceeded ex- my expectations again, but not necessarily in a way that I expected. Um, I think that it was a really good kickoff to phase five. Mm-hmm. This is the first movie of their phase five the saga. I think that it kind of ties some strings together from phase four that I had lingering questions about. I was pretty interested in the story. I think that uh, it felt like, a, for me, I think if the second half especially felt like an origin story of sorts for another character rather than the title character. Um, but I felt like it was okay because I was interested in that story too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I thought it was choppy, but overall I liked it. Uh, okay. yeah, I would say I, 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 I agree for the most part. I had a lot of fun. It was about what I expected. You know, Paul Rudd's, uh, always a lot of fun, especially as Scott Lang. He's, he's a, it's an interesting character, Scott Lang, and it has been when you watch Ant Man one and you watch, uh, you know, his his place in the other movies because he's such a regular dude. Like he's like we talk about like heroes being like an everyman. He is such an everyman. Like 
compared to Captain America and Thor and uh, you know Black Widow and all these other characters, he's like so. He was just doing his own thing until he got a cool suit, you know, and so like he seems so relatable even in these you know exceedingly strange situations and um i thought that it was super weird like this was um for not being an outer space movie it really had those kind of vibes with all these crazy imaginative aliens and creatures that they came across and um i thought that as far as like just your your basic hero versus villain story. I thought that they did a really interesting job with the dynamic between uh, Scott and Kang, the dynamic between Janet and Kang and all of that. And it made me excited for both of these characters are going and not just, uh, not just, you know, I feel like there's a tendency when you're talking about one MCU movie, you end up talking about the MCU as a whole, which we'll get into that later, I'm sure. But I'm really excited to see where the next step is for both, the, for all of these characters. Um, I had some complaints as well. Um, some of my complaints were more structural with the story itself, um, but not anything that I would like. I think I'd be like, oh, gosh, this is just a terrible film. I would just say there were some weird issues with how they structured certain events that I think they could have just. They could have just, you know, stuck with one scene, let that play out and stuck. They had a lot of going back and forth between perspectives, and I think they could have just stuck with one. My only other real complaint is that you could you I feel like generally speaking, you can drop Wasp from the title of this movie because it's Scott's story and it's his daughter's story and it's and I feel like Wasp was just kind of just kind of there to to help out, to be to ask questions. Like I don't feel like Evangeline Lily and the character of Wasp were really like titular, if that makes sense. No, so I agree. Those are and not, and I'm not like a huge wasp fan. I'm just saying, it's kind of strange to me that she kind of doesn't feel like she's as important as she could have been, especially after the last two movies. But anyway, that's um that's my thoughts. I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself. I laughed a lot. Um, well, I don't really laugh when I watch movies. I'm kind of a weirdo. But I internally, I was really laughing. <laughs> internally, and I don't laugh. I you know, if you ever watch something with me, you'll be like. Man, David is hating this comedy. He never laughs. On so the I'm inside, going, I'm just he's going rolling. Yeah, that's Even funny. For, for it's the funny. Just some guy going, that's funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I really. I. I'm glad you mentioned the wasp thing because I was kind of thinking that too. I don't really know why wasp is in the title anymore. As you know, if if she is, it's gonna be. Then they should do more with her because they really didn't give her much of a role in this. Um, honestly, she did the least of the ant family, but she's the one with title credit, which is just kind of weird. Um, and I didn't really think about that at first. Uh, overall though, I, I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was really fun in the moment to see the big spectacles unfold on the screen. They didn't always look good, which was a little bit of a bummer. Um, mostly some green screen moments I thought looked a little too much like, okay, these people are not, they're obviously not in the same room. Um, a couple moments like that, but it was still really cool to watch on the big screen. Very funny still largely because of Paul Rudd and you know what? Michael Douglas is very funny. Yeah. Every time this man talks about ants, I love it. 
Well, he just has that. He has like gravitas in his voice. So when he's delivering jokes, it just sounds funny, you know, just being I don't exactly. Know. We get Catherine Newton this time as Cassie uh, Scott's daughter. Loved her. I uh, thought she was really good in the role. Um, I lost my train. I thought I was talking about Cassie. Um, I thought she really stepped into being a superhero in her own right really well. I wish that a little bit more time was spent on that. Uh, that's kind of my overall complaint about the movie is I feel like it's a really good um, continuation of the of the universe, but it's not the best continuation of Ant-Man mm-hmm. um, because we lose a lot of d- character development moments to Kang's story or one of the other Ant Family story. And it's bummed me out a little bit that over three movies, Scott Lang hasn't really changed at all. His motivation is still always just uh, being a good dad to Cassie. Mm -hmm. And he never also, he also never really faces consequences. So at some point, I feel like Ant-Man's got to do something or they're just going to keep making the same movie with him over and over. So that's my main complaint Mm -hmm. is I felt like it wasn't really an Ant-Man movie, but I still liked it. So I'm like squarely in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. At the same time, I do feel like this one, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, this is the one where we really got to see Ant-Man have to, like, really fight somebody. Like, really, True. like, yes. get his fight back and get his ass whooped and and fight with all, you know, fight from down under. You know, he was kind of, he is, he's the, he's the little guy, so he's an underdog, uh, literally. But to kind of mm-hmm. see him uh, stand toe-to-toe with him, because in the last, because in his first movies, like, the fighting is not, I mean, it's fighting, but the part of the, you know, they're using the gimmick of the shrinking fighting when he fights yellow jacket and they're using the interesting, uh, you know, clash between him and ghost in the second one where she, she has her own unique power, but yeah, you know, here it was kind of, it was, uh, like you said, uh, it was, it was a lot of stories. Other people's stories were also building up. It wasn't just Scott Mm -hmm. and, Scott has been, yeah, yeah, like you said, Scott's kind of remained a little bit stagnant. He's always been um, pretty, you know, he's a pretty agreeable guy. Mm-hmm. I always thought that the most interesting thing about Scott Lang as a character, especially when you go back to Ant-Man 1, is how he just like completely code switches depending on the room he's in. Because <laughs> when he's with his friends, uh, uh, Luis and and uh uh uh, you know uh, the russian guy and ti he's like the smartest guy there and he's like guys we can't do that you got to think here and then you put him in a room with you know uh hank pym and hope and he's like uh can i go to the bathroom please (laughs) and he's like a complete dork like yeah yeah. he you know he can be whoever you need he's a con man at heart remember he is he's he's really good with the with the other con he is and you know even though this is supposed to be spider-man's domain i've always liked that scott lang is like literally a poor superhero like he's got, oh, he's sure. got, no, he's got no billions. He's not the prince of somewhere. He's, he's not like, you know, working for, you know, some government agency. He's just like living in an apartment, super broke. And yeah. he happens to get Hank Pym to give him some stuff. But like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's kind of nice. A lot of people, uh, the early trailer they showed at like D D23, people thought that like Scott was going to sell out and be like a big celebrity because he's like, one of the few Avengers that's still like around and that did happen a little bit, but he's, he, you know, they thought the whole thing was going to be Scott's gotten too big for his britches kind of thing. Yeah. It didn't quite go into that realm. No. Um, 
but it was yeah it was fine uh what 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 did you guys think about the movie being pretty much entirely set inside the quantum realm you know i think that that is something that they had to go to because um that haven't been discovered but that was a big feature of ant-man 2 um Mm -hmm. the quantum realm and talking about all of that and so the way and i think that honestly that was the story that i was most intrigued by was Mm -hmm. not scott's journey and cassie's journey was janet and the quantum Mm -hmm. realm and her connection to kang and so i do feel like you're right in this instance josh it did kind of feel like while the star uh he kind of felt like comic relief at times and also the side character because that that development of Janet and Kang, I felt like was the for me the most interesting thing to see, because, again, having come in and watching Ant-Man 2, you don't know anything about it. So coming out of that, it's like, yeah, she was down there for so long. Um, it makes to me sense how they tie it together with um, his character that you saw in Loki, having seen that and like how he was exiled to exile him there to this place. Um, I liked I didn't like everything about it. Um, I didn't think the Bill Murray cameo was, you know, I didn't think it was a home run hit. Wasn't worth it. I think it would have been. No, I think that it wasn't quite worth it. Again, I think that's a moment where it's like you leave that as a surprise and it's a win. You tell me about it and it's a strikeout, right? Like it could have gone either way. It yeah, was if they hadn't put it in miss. a trailer, they hadn't announced it beforehand. Yeah, that would have been right. Pretty. And then his character would have been like, oh, that's fun. Like, yeah, but it was like not worth it. And I also yeah. got to say that um, while the building of Kang was very, a lot of this movie in the quantum realm felt very Star Wars-y in it at points, like the elements of, of buildup. Um, I felt like the ending to that piece was weak. I felt like that part was just kind of like a, here's an easy way to end this part of the story. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes, you know, spoiler alert, big giant tech ants that mm-hmm. all of the, that like got sucked down <laughs> the tech, there at the that end. That old trope. Like, oh, the oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've just been getting this stuff on my head. And it's like, come on, man, that was come easy. On. But that piece, you know, whatever, everything else surrounding it was fine. But like of the quantum well, I appreciated, pieces, that's my main thing that was like, I do appreciate that they at least signposted it because if you know like I was I noticed that I noticed it ha- like I noticed it happened I noticed the weird things he was doing with his ears and I was like All right, something's happening here with these ants I know it yeah Look, uh, that was one of Michael Douglas's I heard you know I always know that a joke has landed when I hear Josh laugh from like eight rows away because <laughs> we were not sitting next to each other but he goes Michael Douglas go he's talking about They've developed a technocratic society and they really are working together. I know socialism is a charged word. And I heard Josh just laugh uh, from like six seats over. And I was like, that, yeah, you know, that one worked for Josh. It was funny. Well, you know, it's a funny idea. But at the end of the day, I, I was like, of all the villains to be afraid of in this movie, I'm more afraid of the technologically advanced ants that would take over the earth so quickly did you you saw they built cities in the quantum realm yeah we would not last there are so many more ants than humans on earth it would Mm -hmm. be toast they got stuck forget kang they got stuck (laughs) they got stuck in a a quantum bubble and lived lived a thousand years in a day i know they can never became more advanced than we can ever hope to be they can never let those ants get out of that quantum realm um, but you know, it's like, there's so many different sci-fi ideas clashing with each other in one movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's all, it's like this idea of like Kang, like the Kang we met is not even the Kang we'll see 
in the future. Like it's a version of Kang. There are several versions of Kang, right? And then you have super advanced ants that grew in a day. And then you have broccoli people and you have the shrinking tech. And it's like all these different, you know, all these individually as sci-fi concepts would be like, oh, that's cool. Modoc would all be like individually kind of something, but they're all clashing together at once. Yeah. Now, since you brought it up, how did we feel about, about, for those of you that don't know, look up Modoc. How do you feel they did with that weird character? Hated it. Can I? Oh, hated I, it. Hated, okay. hated, hated Modoc. Let me say, it was as wacky as I ever expected it to be. Like, I knew for a long time, I've known for a long time, they will eventually try to get Modoc in these movies. And I was like, and it's not going to work. It's going to all be weird. And people are either going to hate it or love it. And uh, my wife said, if you're going to put Modoc in a movie, it might as well be this one because you've got all this other weird stuff going on. So you might as well do it here. And I got to say, Josh hated it. I think the only thing that saved it for me was Corey Stoll's performance because he was hamming it up like crazy. He was having such a stupid good time that if, if he had pl- tried to be, if he was trying to play it straight, it wouldn't have worked for me at all. I would have hated it too. But he was being like, huh? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I didn't, and, you know, when Paul Rudd's like, I didn't even notice your baby legs. And he's like, not baby legs. Like, he's the way, the way they just, the goofing, when he, <laughs> spoiler alert, when later when he goes, look at me, I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it was, I, so, can't, I know, like, but like, still, it no, was, I hated it. I can't believe, you know, the Russo brothers wanted to use Modoc at one point. Imagine their version, right? So, it was as stupid as I ever expected. Modoc conceptually, even if you just go to his Wikipedia page and look up Modoc, conceptually, it is like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And I always knew that it was going to be difficult to get let it have it work outside of a comic book or a cartoon. And it was. And I'm glad I'm glad we closed the chapter on it, hopefully. So, OK, Josh, yeah. question then. Would you have preferred it had they not shown his face? Had it just been the the metal face mask with the, you know, the, the more machine like thing? Would you have been okay with that? Like, you know, I don't know the specifics of Modoc. Uh, David, you probably do. Does he have a machine face like that and a regular face? Because no. I've always seen him as a regular face. Yeah, I've only was ever the seen machine giant face, face something different. Okay, because I was gonna say if maybe if they turned it into a giant machine and they just did it that way, would that have been better? Was it the big stretched out face? Is that what the problem was? I mean, there was no the problem. The problem was Modoc. Like it's like. Okay. Would okay. it have been better? Yeah, but that's like saying I would have gone from hating it to not liking it. Like, uh, okay. Um, I just think it's too. It was too weird of a concept for me, and it made it a little too goofy. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yes, I appreciate what you say. What you're saying, David, about Corey still hamming it up. Still hated that it was that character. I, I told, and I totally get it. <laughs> I am, I am finding the thinnest silver lining in this. And that was, you know I what? also, I also was not enjoying it, but every now and then Corey Stoll would just say something that was, he was playing it entirely for laughs. And that was mm-hmm. what, I, that was the only way. It I started. liked it. I liked it. Oh, I like yeah? when you try. Yeah, I do. I like when you try weird things. Um, I think that this character is absurd and you have to really lean into it. And mm-hmm. I think that the only way to make the character itself work, I don't know its backstory, right? So, mm-hmm. But like to tie it to Ant-Man, to send it to a quantum realm where weird things happen 
and you can be like stretched in or modified. You know, I believe that I, I, you can stretch my reality enough to believe that if I can believe there's a quantum realm, I can believe that somehow this guy got sent there. I don't remember how he got there, but uh, oh, he was a Kang he was an somehow. He got shrunk down. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. He was and yellow so then, yeah. and he got shrunk. And he had some tech and, you know, I can see Kang being like, yeah, I'll turn you into a face machine, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, I I don't take it seriously enough for it to be anything. And so the fact that they tried it and the fact that they leaned into it being weird, you know what? Points for me. I do highly recommend Google Imaging, uh, going to Google Images and look up MODOK and you can see all the various MODOK designs we've had over the years. And uh, I don't think it was ever really going to work on a serious no. level. And so that's and that, why, but like, yeah, so that's why but I'm people, you could have either done a full CG and it would have been terrible, or you mm-hmm. could have done it this way and know that it's dumb and silly and just be, make it dumb and silly. And I appreciate that rather than well, try to take and, it too seriously. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it. I have only seen a little bit of the first, first couple episodes, uh, but the MODOK series with Pat Oswald that's on Hulu, uh, it's pretty funny. It's kind of uh, robot chicken style, but it's not. It's not entirely. I don't, I don't know why I compare it to that, but that's just kind of what it reminds me of. Um, and it's pretty funny. Pat Oswalt's good in that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, didn't work for me. <laughs> it's uh, a no for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog. Uh, overall, though, I like the quantum realm world that they built here. Yeah. Um, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, yeah. No, and I, I the you know. It is very Star Warsy, and I mean that in a compliment for sure, because obviously the two these two franchises have different looks and all that and styles. But I think that the Marvel arm of Disney is a bit is a little better at this world building than Lucasfilm is, because um, these worlds are just more engaging to me. I'm more intrigued by them. They seem more alien than some of the worlds in the in the latest Star Wars stuff we've seen, and I'd like to see more more Marvel world building in Star Wars. I think. Yeah, you I know, see Star uh, Wars in the quantum realm. I I also agree. I like that the they just kind of get right to it. They don't waste a ton of time in the beginning before they get to the quantum realm. They get right to it, and yeah. it's something they teased in the they 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 introduced the premise in the first movie. You saw a little bit in the second, and it was like. Kind of realistically, it was like, like they've been foreshadowing this place for all three Ant Man movies, and it's involved in Avengers Endgame. So, like, they had to do it at some point, right? Is really go down there and see the idea of it being a universe beneath our universe is such a fun concept, and so such a like, uh, you know, in the back in the day, it would have been oh, underneath the ice, there's a layer where dinosaurs still roam and things like that. You know, it's freaky, and, right? I, I. Yeah. I go to bed last night and I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about Ant Man. I'm thinking about the quantum realm. And when when I think too hard about something shrinking so small that it could be another universe, broke my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a little <laughs> Men in Black, isn't it? Because it's like, and then you start thinking about non-existence, and that is just a mistake to think about. Because right. uh, you're like, how could it be so small that it would go infinitely? Yeah. Uh, well, like, and it's like, not is, for me. Things, there's things there. So like, are there things that are even smaller than that? And does it just right. go deeper and deeper each time? Right. Um, it's so are, it's are inception. We the, yeah. Like you, are we the giants? I agree with you, Josh. Are we the giant? We are giants. Um, mm-hmm. Or are uh, we the, the small ones to the bigger mm-hmm. Portugal? Mm-hmm. Man. Um, stuck. So um, I 
agree with you, Josh, about the world building thing. And, and it's because Marvel really has access to so many different worlds, different like the something I read about the uh, about Marvel Comics and about DC Comics, too, for that matter. But basically in these comic book universes, every form of fantasy and sci fi exists, you know, like every like, you know, nanotechnology, uh, magic, uh, you know, people who, you know, gods and monsters, like all of it, you know, like we're, we, you know, just last year, they introduced werewolves into the MCU as well. So like every, yeah. every kind of storytelling, literary storytelling device you could conceive exists. So there's so many different places to go with the MCU that Star Wars is kind of limited to limited to what, you know, George Lucas set out, set forward. So you're kind of like, you have to kind of stay mostly in that realm. It would be, I'm going to say this, and some people are going to say, oh, you got to watch Star Wars Rebels. But it would be <laughs> weird if they started introducing time travel into Star Wars. You know what I mean? Or it would be strange if they started introducing, trying to think of another thing, shrinking tech into Star Wars. Because, like, that's never been shown before. Yeah. But you know, what, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything, Marvel has so many different worlds they can build out. I like the aliens. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want, I, want the, I want the Marvel aliens in Star Wars. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's what I want. The little, it's a big uh, universe in the Star Wars. They really man, do need to expand it. He was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you talking about the guy who, like, he sick the goo in their mouth? Yeah, drink the ooze. Like yeah. yeah, him and Cheaty were really great. Let me talk about, let's talk about Cheaty. Wasted. Oh, man. yeah. Absolutely wasted. I loved, I love William Jackson Harper. I think he's very funny. I mm-hmm. thought he was really good in this role, and I wanted so much more of him. And I don't even I did know, like, like is character. he, is he yeah. just in this? Is he? You, I, I need it's more little... of of Chidi with psychic powers. Yeah, this is probably the last we'll ever see of him, unfortunately. But That's what yeah, I'm afraid was, of. It was pretty, it was pretty entertaining though. He, he would just pop up out of nowhere and be like, eh, he's lying. He you was know? very funny in his introduction. Um, yeah. I wish we could have learned more about Rebel Psychic Chidi. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, because yeah, he's uh, well, he's great on the Good Place, and then he's good here. Yep. So, oh, yeah. uh, it is too bad because I mean, I you know, I saw um before we really knew anything, the the MCU fan base really has a problem. Well, it has many problems, but one of its problems is trying to cast every young man as Mister Fantastic because I remember seeing. A picture of, um, a picture of, uh, you just said his name, uh, William Jackson Harper. Oh yeah. In like his clothing and stuff, and people were immediately like, "Mr. Fantastic is Mr. Fantastic down in the quantum realm for some reason." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "People, people, they're not gonna like they're they're gonna announce it." Why are people obsessing to... over that anyway? Who gives people a are damn? So obsessed with trying to figure out who Mr. Fantastic is. I could be. care they less. Know, <laughs> they want to know who Reed Richards is going to be. Well, because I don't know people who are. I guess really I, into the into the comics. Like Reed Richards is well, first of all, Reed Richards is sort of like in the comics on par with Tony Stark and like uh T'Challa in terms of like the most sure. the smartest people in the universe, right? Sure. But not a spoiler, but kind of a spoiler. Kang is a descendant of the Richards. Like Kang is Reed Richards is like sure. deep, 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 deep down the line descendant. So that's why another reason people are like, well, they're introducing Kang. So maybe that's how they bring the Fantastic Four in there. I can't do these fandoms. I know. And that's what I mean. I can't do. I'm tired of the stretches. Stop trying to put Mr. Fantastic in everything. They've been trying to put him in things since WandaVision and they keep doing it. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, do we have any closing thoughts on uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania before we move on? Um. No, not if we're not going to no talk about those post credit scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should avoid it. Look, you guys know, you're listening, you know what it is. It's a tease to the next big thing. It's what they always are. Unless they're jokey ones, but they weren't really jokey ones. I'll tell you, they're worth watching. (laughs) I will add, because we didn't mention her, Michelle Pfeiffer, great in this, but also... Oh, sure. um, Yeah. I do appreciate that... The whole Ant family is great. Really good. I I appreciate that Jonathan Majors has been given a real task here. He played this version of Kang very differently than he played the version of Kang that's in Loki. And he, uh, we got to see, we're going to see, I think a lot of different versions of Kang. And it looks like to me, he's going to play all of them differently, which is such a cool idea and a cool concept. And I really appreciate that he's going that like that as an act from an acting standpoint, him finding new ways to play this character. Again, I mentioned it, but I think that, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan majors are the, the, main drivers of the most interesting story of this movie in my opinion i was most intrigued when they were on the screen mm-hmm. well they, right. they had yeah. a history that was great yeah they, they had a great history that was unknown to us um i wish it would have gone into a little more depth because yeah it was super interesting but a lot of that's man those two were just so good together mm-hmm. uh jonathan majors is really making me excited for what he's bringing to the MCU. And it's just great to see Michelle Pfeiffer uh, really shine in these movies too. You know what I like too, is that um, going forward. So kind of like looking into the future of the MCU, the next time we'll see, like, I think, I think place like we might see some in post credit scenes, but the next time we're really going to see this story pick up is going to be a little while Mm -hmm. because guardians of the galaxy, probably not going to deal with this very much. The Marvel's, may not deal with this may deal with some of it who knows but like i i like that it's not going to be like every movie is going to be the next step towards kang some movies are going to be some movies will have that some of them won't you know and so it's like there's going to be a little bit of time between like the, probably the next place we're going to see a lot of this is probably in loki because you know that's how that season ended <coughs> anyway uh but yeah that's about it you know i i enjoyed myself i had fun all right you well, tiny complaints, but I don't even feel like they're worth airing. If there are yeah. no more closing thoughts, let's talk about opening weekend box office, shall we? I believe uh, that is available to us. It is. It is. And it is a pretty good weekend, I will say. I need to somewhere. I have a little chart of how every MCU movie has done so I could like register reference that. But um, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania has uh, domestically opened to uh 104 million dollars in its three-day open um that's about 98 million dollars ahead of avatar the way of water in its 10th week um which brought in 6.1 magic mike the last dance which i didn't even realize was out uh is <laughs> has brought in 5.4 in the number three spot uh puss and boots the is also kicking around in the top five still in its ninth week listen i gotta interrupt for a second puss and boots the last wish has Broken into the top 100 of all time on Letterboxd. I've heard a lot of great things. That's insane. Yeah. I've heard a lot of great things. Puss in Boots 2 (laughs) is up there with like seven samurais. Oh, man. 
Anyway, go on. I had to break. Seven Samurai is such a good shout too for like being like, oh, you know, can you believe it's sitting up there rubbing elbows <laughs> with Seven <laughs> Samurai and and Paper Moon or something like that? Some old, some nineteen eighty movie. Uh, so knock at the cabin uh, rounds out the number five. Uh, just just outside the number five is eighty for Brady. Um, uh, four day is looking towards about they're estimating about one hundred eighteen when you count tomorrow because uh, it is President's Day. On Monday, so it is a four day uh, four day weekend. Um, so it's looking about 118 million. So um, before I move on to where that sits in the in the you know the whole thing, uh, the first Ant Man brought in just 57 million in its opening week, and at the time people were saying, "Wow, Marvel's first flop!" Right um, uh, with that, and would go on to finish with 180 in the United States. So already, Quantum Mania is about. Uh, close to like sixty uh, percent of what Ant Man made in its its run. Ant Man and the Wasp brought in seventy five million in its second in its in its opening weekend. So here you are, hundred and four for this opening weekend. And Ant Man and Wasp kind of like John Wick just keeps getting better with each movie uh, in wow. terms of box office returns. Um. So on the year, Ant Man and the Wasp has already jumped out to the number one spot for the year. Um, passing by Megan and Plane and 80 for Brady and Knock at the Cabin. Uh, so it'll probably, I don't imagine it'll stay there. There are going to be some other big movies this year. But right now, Ant-Man and the Wasp leading the way. Uh, it, when you extend that to worldwide, Ant-Man and the uh, Quantum Mania has had a pretty good uh, overseas opening as well. Brought in $239 million overseas uh, to give it a worldwide total of $350 million. Uh, $357 million, excuse me. Um, and go away, Mango. And that's about it. Some people are probably going to talk about this release and whether or not it is, um, if whether or not it's a good release for um, Ant Man. And you know, people are trying. You know, there's the there's that idea that the Marvel movies are failing. That you know they went woke and now they're going broke. And uh, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of all uh, MCU movies. Uh, 104, 118 million. That's about average. Like it's not, it's not overly high. It's not overly low. So uh, we'll see where uh, we'll see where it finishes. But can't really, uh, can't really say just yet. But I'll throw it to the letterbox game, of which I am the current king. Of- hey, he's got the trophy. Yeah, my trophy. The owner, he's got it. Yes. Oh thank gosh, goodness. Shine. Look at that glimmering. That pure, real yeah. gold. It's beautiful. We- really. It's Oscar, eat your heart out. <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy of Letterbox for having yeah. such an easy guessing uh, system. Have a, such <laughs> an easy system to guess. It's actually not that easy. Um, you know, you just get lucky for a couple of weeks in a row. And it's true. Or you know it, you're the Letterbox king. Uh, well, listen, fellas, Letterbox is not overly kind in their reviews of this movie. <laughs> As Ooh. I look, as I look through some to read out loud. I'm sure, they're not. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to start with my. My favorite one because I find it the most relatable. Uh, one star. Modoc is a crime against humanity. Uh, totally agree with that. Let me get back to uh, this. Is thi- now this is a longer one, but I feel like I need to read it because it's very uh, aggressive. <laughs> okay. Half star. Wow. This is the most popular review. Beginning to think the MCU is a money laundering front. Because where is the budget going? This is one of the worst looking films I've ever seen, even by Marvel standards. Incompetent across the board. 
And at 30 films in, it's inexcusable for the biggest franchise in the world to be churning out films this bad. Kind of wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was because I'm wearing I'm wearing contacts for the first time in, in eight in like ten years, but <laughs> I didn't think it looked that bad. Uh, two stars. It took me 31 films, but I finally am starting to empathize with Scorsese. That's a that's that's one for the for the film nerds for, for the cinema. Uh, uh, Luis could have saved this movie. <laughs> two and a half. Disagree. Stars. I don't. I don't listen. We can talk about Luis real quick because we didn't. But I did miss Luis. But I don't think that there was a place for him really. Unfortunately, in this yeah. movie, I just don't see how he could have been. I mean, they put Scott in Luis's role, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It would have been. They would have been. They they could have done a thing where Luis is in the in the regular world, and he's trying to get it fixed. He's trying to fix the machine from the from their side, and he doesn't know how. And then like the ants teach him or something like that. That could have been a humorous subplot. But like other than that, you know, I don't know. It was it'll be fine. Michael Pena is great. I hope he gets work elsewhere. Michael Pena instead of Modoc. <laughs> Make Michael it work. Yeah, as Modoc. That would oh, oh man. There you go. Uh, Scotty, man, look up a giant head, man. That would have been funny because he could have recounted how it happened. That was, I mean, and it could have been the quantum realm. So it could have just been like messing with your head. I don't know. They could have made it work. They could have made it work. And that, (laughs) well, that's how you make a hundred million. That's how you make $200 million in your first week. There you go. We'll go into the guessing with this last review, which is I didn't expect to see Humpty Dumpty's ass in this. Yeah, that was funny. So a funny little bit there or not funny, depending on who you are. Those were some rough words. Oh, man. What do we think the overall rating is going to be? Oh, gosh. Dang. I know. I know. I mean, I guess the early review is like 2.9. Oh, man. I was going to say 2.9. That's a good Uh, good spot to be. I'll go under it. 2.8 then. 2.9, 2.8. This sucks for me. I was going to say 3.1 until you read those reviews. I, I guess I- I'll say 3.0 then, just in case it's higher, but I don't think it's that low. I don't know. Okay. Okay, I'm we're going to we're going to go straight in a row. Uh 3.0 for me, 2.9 for uh, David, 2.8 for Garrett. All right. Fellas. We have a direct hit. There you go. It's a two-pointer. It's- it's exciting when that happens. We have a direct hit. <laughs> not if it's David. <laughs> not if it's David. <laughs> no, it's not exciting if it's David. Oh, I'll tell you, it's not David. Oh, it's there you go. It's you. It's Garrett. <laughs> Garrett. Garrett's oh, on my the board. On th- 2.8. Put me down. You're on the board with a perfect, uh, I don't know. We need to come up with a name for what happens when you hit that. Like it's our version of a touchdown or a home run or whatever the hell. Yeah. A letter shot. Okay. I don't know. That doesn't work. We'll think about it. We'll think of something. We'll think of something. Yeah, that's a direct hit. Back to the uh, writing room. That is I was just still makes me last tied with Andrew, right? Yeah, you're uh, you're on the board though. So, but you know, in one shot, you're automatically tied for. You were alone in fourth a minute ago, so. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew got lucky that one day he showed up. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew <laughs> no, I'm tied. I'm tied for came third. In, Andrew came in, crapped all over, bedazzled, and got it right. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I can't remember if he liked Bedazzled or not. Now that I say that, but that's that's how it. You felt. can find out on our previous reviews for Brendan Fraseri. 
Yes, I believe chronologically it comes out the same week as this. So that's mm, exciting perfect, for everybody. Um, all right. Our reviews. Our reviews. Uh, I'll, I'll just come right out and say it's a, it's a three for me. Ooh, I think, th- I think three is fair. Oh, man. You went it's good. It's good. I just I, I just have I issues with it. But here, this is gonna blow, this is gonna cause a problem. I'm sorry. Oh no! My, my rating is gonna be two point five. Oh goodness! Well, whatever. Yeah. We take we take the consequences of what happens. I'm going to give it an enthusiastic three and a half. Oh wow. dear okay. me! This is all of this is not what I expected. No, I'm stunned. What did you expect? A four or something? No, I didn't expect to be last. I thought Josh would have rated it very, very low. I, I'll be honest. I did expect. I expected Josh to hate it all, all around. Well, you were wrong. But I, I, I gotta say, Josh you know, I, again, I give it a low score. But I base it on like how would I describe this movie to someone that's and, going to see it? And I would say that this movie is okay, and, and that's a two and a half for me. Like, there's no, there's no real issues with it for me. It's just okay. It is a, and also. So there's a little bit of when I'm rating these MCU movies just because it's it's such its own thing now that I kind of am rating it within what I've already what the other movies in relation to them more so than other films like compared to the compared to the Fablemans this is this is a waste of time but compared <laughs> to Thor: Love and Thunder I had a tremendous more bit more fun than I did I almost gave this four stars just because I was like I was like this is what I expect when I go to see a Marvel Studios film. Um, but I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Maybe it'll look worse on my big screen TV when I get home. But, uh, for me, you know, I had a lot of fun. I recommend people go see it. So, yeah. Yeah. What was I, the average, I, Josh? Uh, oh, go ahead. Two, I'm it's sorry. Probably, it's like a 2.8. No. <laughs> or 3.1. Yeah. Our average. Uh, three from me, two and a half from Garrett, and three and a half from David. That is a, that is a three. Which with Letterbox two point eight, we're pretty I don't know close. What happened to you? David? Your sound went out for some reason. But... Oh, as that's oh, that, that, that's as close as we can get. You that's know? exactly right. That's as close as we can get to two point eight. Um, yep. Sometimes, even though all our scores were surprises to us, we still got there, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's our first um, new release of twenty twenty three. We'll have more soon. Um, but if you're you know listening to this. As it's new, we've got Brendan Fraserary continuing through the rest of February um, before we move into some more fun stuff for March. So be sure to follow us online. You can go to so many sequels.com and find links to all of our social media channels. And you can go to um, whatever your favorite podcasting app is, search for us there and on YouTube. And finally, on Patreon, patreon.com slash so many sequels, you can uh, sign up there and get access to our discord and some other fun things so go check that out okay we'll be back next time bye